Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into episode 163, yes, 163 of the Get Around Podcast. As always, my name is Jake Adniv, in the host chair for you today with James Cook and Andrew Rosenthal, my colleagues here at the Traverse City Record Eagle. We have a great show for you guys today, lots to talk about, a great interview with Traverse City West, Aiden Lewandowski. We got sports back in full force, we got a whole week of results to talk about, the pulse is loaded so much more. We're going to get into some chatter that matters. We're going to do a little bit of a boys basketball preview, although although the season has already gotten started. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the area's top teams and kind of let you know what is going to, the landscape is going to be looking like this season. And then we're going to dive into another rendition of the Hall of Fame, where we actually put some people in and vote on some people. Uh, you'll hear more about that later. So it's going to be a little special edition of the Get Around Hall of Fame. We'll put our finger on the heartbeat of the sports world and get into the pulse. We actually do have a lot to talk about, fellas. I'm going to start off the show uh, congratulating the Vasa Ski Club on their Nordic ski team winning the state championship this past weekend. Cool story from them. First year, they actually combined Traverse City West, Traverse City Central, and Traverse City St. Francis. Combined all the schools, made the Vasa Ski Club instead of having separate teams like they have in the past. And it really paid off. They overcame the Copper Country Ski Tigers, uh, who they tied with for the overall team state title last year, and uh, won it. The boys won the team title, and Will- William Hapala won the pursuit and came in second in the sprint. And then the girls, unfortunately, came in second place as a team, but uh, Ariel Jean from Traverse City West, we, she's a friend of the pod, had her on the show uh, about this time last year uh, after she won the pursuit in the Nordic, then defended her Nordic state championship in the pursuit and won the sprinting state title to uh, set up the Vasa Ski Club with their first ever state title as a team, technically. So that, that's that's a really cool uh, really cool accomplishment for them. It seems like our skiing teams have a good shot at just like ending this entire season on top. Doesn't it sound like it, fellas? Well, I remember when I saw Ariel last year at Nordic Ski State in Traverse City. She won first, and it was kind of by a landslide. So it wasn't really a surprise when I saw her repeat. Joe 10K was a senior at the time, and he graduated, so obviously he can't come back in that. But, but yeah, I mean, Will Happala, he said that he was kind of surprised that he won the pursuit. After Friday, he went into, or he, he they went into the skate portion on Friday, which apparently Gene and Happala, they both are like, that's their weaker discipline. Um, but they both came out with like a, almost a 30-second lead after Friday. And then Saturday morning, it was negative 17 degrees when they woke up on Saturday morning. They didn't even know if they were going to race. These, I'm telling you, people are just crazy. But it ended up being like negative four you, when have they. You, have you seen a Nordic ski race? Like, oh well, yeah, of course. Nordic I've I've seen I've seen dozens. Um, I mean, up like here. The way they start them is kind of cool. So like you'll start in 15 second intervals, and then they'll take the final time, and that's how they determine your like your placing and whatnot. So you don't really even know until the end of the race if you're actually if you won it or not. But Dean was kind of like way out there, so you could tell her. You could you could tell with her. Yeah, I mean, congratulations to those guys and the Vasa Ski Team or the Vasa Ski Club for their first Nordic Skiing State Championship. You know, I believe, yeah, Will uh, William is still just a junior. Ariel is a senior, uh, so she goes out as the two-time defending pursuit champion and the first time for her getting the sprint championship. Uh, so congratulations. Skiing teams that we should probably talk about. We, you know, we had El Craven on, the epi- on our episode last week to talk before regionals, and they went out and they did it big. The Traverse City Central girls took home the regional title, and the Traverse City, Traverse City West boys took home the regional title. So we had a Traverse City sweep of some titles in the last week of everybody on skis. The big news, and I'm not saying that them winning isn't the big news, 
but for both the boys and the girls. And it's crazy. Marquette will not be at the state finals as a team. And it's like, holy crapola. Marquette, for the boys' side, has won the last eight Alpine Skiing State Championships. And they are not going to be at the state finals. Opening the door for Traverse City West, uh, who now has to be looked at as the favorite after winning the regional over Marquette, over Forest Hills uh, Northern, over Traverse City Central. They have to be looked at as a favorite going into the state finals, right, James? I, I would kind of have to think so, based on that that regional result. Um, you know, Marquette's still going in the in the girls' side, but uh, but that boys' team not making it is is a just a notable absence from the state finals. I mean, that'd be like if you know the year that GNA snapped Petoskey's record, it'd be like if Petoskey wasn't even there. Yeah, I mean, when GNA snapped that streak that they had, uh, Petoskey was there and still was a close second. To, to them but to not even to not even make it, it i think the big the shocker of the of the whole thing um i mean we weren't shocked with like al craven winning and aiden lewandowski winning individual titles as much nearly as marquette finishing fourth yeah that's what i mean uh <laughs> l craven ended up winning uh i believe just a giant slalom she fell i think she fell during her slalom race but aiden lewandowski our guest today won both the regional titles in the slalom and the giant slalom uh in division one i know i talked to him a couple weeks ago he said he was trying to put it all together mentally you'll hear from him in our interview uh it sounds like the titans are coming up on a Quite an opportunity here a week from today. Definitely an exciting uh, interview for us later, so stick around for that. While we're still here in the Pulse, we got to get into that first week of basketball, boys. We had so much go on last week. It was I, I know it was exciting for me. Every team I talked to was just over the moon about being on the floor, and we saw great basketball already. Uh, we all had a chance to get out to some games, see some of these teams. Before we get into the whole boys preview, I just want to get out and kind of give a report on some of the teams that we saw last week. So, James, where'd you go out to and who impressed you the most? Oh, uh, Let's see. I was at the TC Christian GT Academy game and then uh, Boyne City St. Francis and Charlevoix against East Jordan. So you saw a bunch of boys basketball last week. Yeah. And, and Buckley Manton. So you saw four boys basketball games last week. Yeah. Well, maybe. You, you need to be stuck at the office more often. <laughs> I'm going to be stuck at the office a lot this week. No, I'm just playing. So, one, I mean, of those was, one of those was of my own time. Yeah, because James is just addicted to high school sports in northern Michigan and just can't get away from it. Weird after being a sports writer for 25 years. So what? Uh, what's your? So who, who, who impressed you the most last week in the first week of play? Um, I mean – that there's there's a lot of good players around here. I mean, the, the the changes in basketball are interesting. You know, I think we mentioned before in the podcast that uh, you know there's no opening tip off anymore. It's just that the visiting team just gets the ball to inbound at half court. I guess the the reasoning behind that is so that it's uh, one less play where the uh, it's not the players getting in contact with each other because they're gonna throughout the rest of the game. It's it's for the referees. So the referee doesn't have to stand right in between two basketball players and throw the ball up. But other than that, I haven't really noticed much of a difference in the in-game play. Like, yeah, the, the referees are wearing masks, unlike in football. You're seeing a couple teams run more zone than I would have seen before, which might be COVID-related. It might just be because it's easier to install and they haven't had a lot of contact practice, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, well, and we saw Manton install a press for the first time in uh, like a decade or something because it was easier to practice that with non-contact practices than to teach man-to-man. Well, I was about to say that's the one thing 
that I heard from coaches at the very least, a couple of teams that press very much, Glen Lake girls, I uh, went, went and uh, saw Elk Rapids and Boynton City boys, so you know that Elk Rapids team is always on the press as well. The one thing that they were worried about, especially in that first week of play, was, you know, full court press with masks, you know, depending on depth, we talked about with like Bel Air and such last week, how they run that press and how they're going to need, f- you know, five, eight, ten girls to kind of keep up with that. Um, I did see that in practice last week uh, where a lot of teams were doing a lot more subbing, you know, even if it was just for 30 or 40 second spells, almost more like the NBA where it's like, oh, we're just going to toss him in for a couple of possessions and the next stoppage in play, you're going right back in type of thing Um, just to kind of give the kids a breather, give them a second. And, you know, I think it was Kevin Ball. He was just like, we really didn't know. And he said it's different. He said this whole year, the way you got to coach things, the way that you got to practice things, the way that you got to, you know, run run the in-game decisions, it's all different because of COVID. And the masks make a big deal. But the kids, once again, they're they're practicing in them. They're used to them. And uh, at least I haven't heard any of the kids complain or really show signs that they were struggling with them personally. No, I haven't seen you know a whole lot of that uh you know i i I saw one kid that fouled out of a game and got mad and ripped his mask off and threw it (laughs) but uh you know and a few droopy masks and stuff like that we've seen some of the downstate media you know pointing out that uh you know teams are not necessarily doing this as well as they had kind of indicated that they would do anything they needed to to play and and uh i can't say we're not quite happening as much I can't say we've experienced the same thing in the Traverse City region. Like, the games that I was at, like, just followed by the rules. Simple as that. Yeah, I, I yeah. personally, I didn't see I didn't see much. I, I, once again, I, every once in a while, you see a mass droop below the nose, but it, but it wasn't too bad. I mean, I guess I, I guess you guys haven't seen this, but I actually saw referees taking making and taking mask breaks. Like, hey, here's there's no charge time off for either team. Just here's a mask break. Just kind of giving the kids a second to catch their breath, get back to it. Uh, which I didn't I mind was, whatsoever. I thought that was a good thing. I thought it was kind of cool that Bel Air had all had matching masks. They all it was it was part of a uniform with them. Like it was all black, and they all looked like they were like some Nike material or Under Armour. The person taking tickets for St. Mary, I'm not sure who it was or who their job was, but they were marking what the tally is next to how many guests each player brought next to their name to make sure, like, okay, you you, you can't. It's only only family people can get in. That's just how we're doing things here. Yeah, do one one interesting thing, James. You mentioned that the refs are wearing masks now. Um, I'm pretty sure that somebody was smart enough, and they came out with it. Uh, but I saw a referee who actually had, I think, like a mask made for referees that had like an extra pouch on it for their whistle. Right? It had yeah. it had like a little extra pouch on the front for them to fit their whistle in. I saw one of those too. So yeah, somebody somebody got smart and made masks for referees, so they have a chance. They can run around with the whistle just in their mouth. Uh, you know, and just keep it in the little pouch, which I'm like, wow, well, innovative. So are they going to now fix this problem for us, those of us that live with glasses? <laughs> so the mask don't fog up? I, I've, I've heard, I, the one thing I have heard is that the only way you can uh, fix that is by, like, putting a piece of tape over your nose, right? So that way that the... Duct tape well, you don't need tape. duct tape. You can just use, like, medical tape or something, but that's just to, like, seal that little area so that way it doesn't come up in your glasses that, like, Goes out the side. It's impossible to go grocery shopping. I pull my mask up high enough so that the top of the mask is right underneath the, the nose pads, and then it doesn't fog up. Mm. Mm. Different, everybody, every, different strokes for different folks. <laughs> yeah. So, the other difference is that they're, the all timeouts are full timeouts. They're all one minute 
full one minute. There's no 30 second timeouts this year. Uh, and there's two minutes in between quarters instead of, uh, and previously it was only like a minute, like a full timeout. So I, yeah, I want to, I want to run through a couple, a couple of these, uh, you know, outcomes. We're not going to go through much, much of the boys. Cause we're going to end up talking about a lot of those teams here in just a second, but especially on the girls side, you know, I saw a couple of girls games last week and man, I got to bring it up. And I actually ended up seeing Glen Lake twice last week. That wasn't the original plan, but had to call an audible on Saturday. I ended up at Glen Lake at Traverse City St. Francis, so I saw the Glen Lake girls twice last week. And I got to put it this way, they are going to be a problem for anybody who plays them. I mean, the, the combination of size and skill that they have and athleticism that they have, oh, man. It's like, it honestly, it's like we, we talked, well, I think last week during the girls' preview, we talked a lot about, like, J.C. Summers, right? Like, oh, my God, she's one of the better. It seems like they have, like, three or four J.C. Summers on their basketball team. Yeah, and you, you can't. You can't teach height, but they're teaching it pretty well in, in Glen Lake. Yeah, I mean, it helps. It helps, once again, that they have Grace Bradford and her younger sister, sister Maddie, with both Jason Bradford, you know, the head coach's daughters. He, he's got some height to him, so it helps that you got some, you know, good bloodline there. But Grace Fosmore is about six foot tall, right? Haley Helling is right up there at, like, 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, five, ten. Five, ten, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, right at the top there. You got the, the two um, Bradford sisters. And you want to talk about the p- other people who are on the court – Jessica Robbins, what a defender. Emma Corson, they got her playing forward. She's probably the shortest person on the court for them. And, man, talk about getting, getting you know, tenaciously around the rim trying to get rebounds. I mean, they, these these girls are going to be, I mean, at both games that I saw, St. Francis and Frankfurt, the opposing coach with Tyler Shell and Tim Resnich were screaming at their girls, you can't jog up and down the court against these girls. They're just gonna They're just going to fly past you. And that was after the girls had already flown past them. So it was just very obvious. That yeah. Glen Lake, you know, they were on their way to a regional title last year, and they are they're they're on a mission this season. Yeah, they're loaded, and you, then you throw in Ruby Hogan too, who's another guard, only a sophomore. Uh, she doesn't have she doesn't have a lot of height like the other girls, but man, she is active and and really works well in that press. Yeah, and, and once again, she's only a sophomore. That whole team, they, once again, they have seven seniors, but Grace Bradford's only a junior. Ruby Hogan's only a sophomore. Maddie Bradford's only a sophomore. It's like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh! They on Saturday they played Tra- Traverse City St. Francis, and we've talked about Gwen Bramer and you know how Gwen Bramer is probably their best player. No baskets, no field goals. Scored four points, all free throws. Held, held, held. It wasn't even, not even just their offense, their defense. Incredible. The press that they run. The, the, good luck, especially with the height when you're just trying to throw the ball down court. They're just catching it in the air. It was fun to watch. Andrew, I know you went out to one game last week. What did you see from the game that you went to? Beller won their fourth in a row against St. Mary and was a close half and wasn't really after that. And then right after that, Joburg did a thing and ended Belair's streak of 22, uh, 22 consecutive conference wins, dating back to a loss of St. Mary in the 2019 season. I guess Brad Fisher wasn't really lying when he said it's Key Valley basketball, everything's up in the air in any game at any, any given place, um, whether that be Joburg, Onway, St. Mary, or whatever. So... We'll see what happens in that conference, but it didn't really go the way I thought it would the first week of the season. James, I, I will talk about your James. We'll talk about your boys basketball games in the second half of this episode in the Chatter That Matters section when we do our boys basketball preview. So let's go ahead and dive into our interview with Trevor City West Jr. skier, football player, and lacrosse player Aiden Lewandowski. Let's get a listen to that now.
The Get Around Podcast is extremely excited to welcome in Traverse City West junior skier Aiden Lewandowski. Thank you so much for joining us today, man. Yeah, glad to be here, guys. I know uh, we, we've been watching you be one of the top skiers in the area for the last couple of years. I had the pleasure of seeing you just a couple of weeks ago and uh, watching you take a couple of wins. And we know that the regional you know the regional finals just happened, which was an ext- extremely exciting time for you. Uh, we're going to get into all that here in just a second, but we do have to get into our Freaky Fast Five to get started. A nod to our sponsors at Jimmy John's. Let's go off with the first one. And I guess I'm going to change it because you're a snow person. Um, but do you believe in, like, the abominable snowman instead of Bigfoot? Do you oh, believe yeah. you do? Oh, yeah, definitely. There's so much unexplored territory out there in the mountains everything. No one's ever been there. I mean, there's got to be something, right? I wouldn't doubt it. That's how I feel about aliens. Yeah, got to be somewhere. There has to be somebody somewhere. It can't just be yeah. us. Oh, yeah. Who is your least favorite actor? Oh, man. Somebody um, who, they're in a movie, you're just like, I'm not watching that movie. I don't really anyone i mean i like a lot of actors so who's your favorite actor then i always i always like to ask the converse because people always think about what they like but it's Uh like oh who who would i not want to watch yeah i I mean i'm not discriminatory we love everyone (laughs) but uh the uh will ferrell i love the guy you can't you can't say something not funny you know i don't disagree not not at all i love will ferrell movies i think talladega nights is probably like one of the best movies ever created Beautiful work of art. Uh, what, what kind of pets do you guys have at home? So we have one pet. We got one rabbit. It's all white. I, I think it's albino. I assume it's albino. But we call him Snowy. And, yeah, he's a joy around the house. Does he have, like, red eyes? Yes. Okay, so he totally is albino. That, that could get scary at night, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he chews everything we own. Like, you leave anything out, he will chew it. Like, cords, books, basically anything that's not metal. And, like, sometimes at the middle, we close all our doors so it doesn't get into our room. And at the middle of the night, he'll, like, come and scratch your door. And it wakes you up sometimes. Kind of scary, but we put up with it. So he just runs around the house? Yeah. Yeah. We don't. Well, he has a cage, but it's just for him to go to the bathroom and... We don't, like, make them stay in it or anything. Okay. Free-range rabbits. Are you a good cook or not? Terrible cook. Uh, so, I actually recently made my first ever scrambled eggs breakfast about two weeks ago. My dad showed me, walked me through. They turned out all right for my first time. But, uh, yeah, I'm a terrible cook. I don't know how to make anything that isn't, like, cereal or maybe mac and cheese. Mac and cheese is a stretch, though. <laughs> well, we gotta stretch those muscles a little bit. <laughs> you're not, you're not far off of college. You're gonna have to learn how to cook for yourself soon. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and what's your favorite ski gear? Gear like that you wear? Yeah. I mean, so when like the looks, I think goggles. Cause goggles can like totally change your appearance. Like if you have a bad pair of goggles, then. You can, get, you can just look terrible, but if you have a good pair of goggles, you can look amazing. I think it really brings a lot of flavor to your appearance. All right, I got one more question. This is just fun because you said you're a terrible cook. So the get-around the get around guys get invited over to your house for dinner. What are you preparing for us? Probably grilled cheese. Yeah. Okay. Grilled cheese. okay. Yeah, I could, I could do that, definitely. I'll, put, I'll give you one tip on grilled cheese. 
I don't know if you like garlic, but put garlic salt on the grilled cheese before you cook it. Okay, not sure if we have garlic salt. Oh, I bet you do. If Everybody's got to have some garlic salt in their house. I'll make sure to do that. It's it's so delicious. It's something that I've just chef kissed. <laughs> you find you find you find that combination and it's perfect. Yeah. Alrighty, that was the uh, that was the Freaky Fast Five. A nod to our sponsors at Jimmy John's. Get to know Aiden a little bit before we get to, into the rest of this interview. Obviously, we have a lot to talk about. I want to talk about, I guess, the most recent thing. You kind of did like this regional finals last week. I know that you had a big performance down there. What was it like uh, coming out on top uh, with the Titans down there and the, that team regional title? Great experience. So I'll start personally. I was finally able to just put it all together, lay some good runs down, come out with a nice, good personal result. And then on the team side, it went even better. Everybody was just focused in, doing what they had to do, putting runs down, and we killed it. I'm really happy with how it performed, and I feel like it's a great start to how we need to do as states to come out with the chip. Now, I know that uh, when I talked to you a couple of weeks ago at the BNC meet, you said that you, you thought it was all mental and that you were trying to put it together what did that regional race kind of feel like you did it, put it all together mentally, and it uh, kind of translated into that uh, those runs? Absolutely, yeah, for everyone, too. We just started focusing more, getting more intense in our training, starting to prep for these bigger races, and I'm really happy with how it's been coming together and clicking. I know you guys have, like, what, one more Big, Born, Big North Conference meet, which will be, like, Monday, um, I think, in between regionals and states. Um, how much does that kind of change compared to the last three or four that you've had since it's the last kind of competition you have before you go to state finals? Yeah, so we're going to take it pretty seriously like we do with all races, but especially this one. And I'm not sure how we stand in the BNC Conference overall as a team right now, but I know we haven't won it in the past years. Petoskey's been dominant. I think it's about the past eight years they've won it. So we're really hoping to change that this year. And if we can put it all together for that race, we can maybe take the BNC and then prepare ourselves even further for states. So. Um, last last week when Ella was on, she was talking about when she's going down the hill that she pretty much just kind of like, when she gets to the bottom of the hill, she doesn't remember hardly anything. Like, <laughs> is that is that the way it is with you too? Totally the same, it, yeah. You just, you just, it's like a mental thing. I don't know. You kind of and you're already going and then it's just a blur but when you're in the stargate there's stuff you want to focus on so that you can put a run together and do good it's pretty hard it's just it all goes away i don't know i really like to learn the science behind that because it's kind of crazy is it do you know that i mean when i saw you at uh the peppy town slalom i think it was two weeks ago I think everyone that was watching it just knew you were the fastest time in the meet. And then they hear 27 and like, okay, it all makes sense now. Do you know in your head that that was a good run usually when that happens? Yeah, you can tell. Well, it kind of goes both ways. Like sometimes you'll get to the bottom and be like, oh, that was such a nice run. Can't wait to go look at my time. I know I just killed that. But then you look at the times and you're back by a half second. Or other times you'll have, a run that feels terrible and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be not even top 10. And then you go look at it and you're winning by a ton. And yeah, so it all kind of depends. It's yeah. Now let me ask you this. Uh, does it, does, is it all just muscle memory or is it kind of like you're just barreling down a mountain and you're doing your best to make it all happen? 
Yeah, so to an extent, I'd say definitely muscle memory because we just do this so often. But each course is different, and there's different little can throw in at the course at us to make it different, like hairpins, flushes, royal flushes, through gates. But, yeah, they can switch it up. And so it's muscle memory until you hit some of those points, and that might slip you up a little bit. But then you can get back into the become rhythm section and just get into the rhythm and make it through. It's pretty cool. Uh, talk about the uh, the music choice that you made at the regionals that got the team uh, fired up. Mm, oh yeah, so it's a very exquisite music taste. It's called German techno. I was first introduced to German techno. I think it was last year at the junior championships out in Winter Park, Colorado. One of the coaches over from Nubs Knob, he uh, Tony Blancato, great guy, love him. And he just brought his little speaker up to the top, and we were getting ready. And he just starts playing German techno, and we loved it. It gets everyone fired up. He just started jamming out to it. It's great. That's interesting, German techno. I love it. I love it. You ever you ever listened to it before? I think I I think I know exactly what you're talking about, but I might be having that confused with like the Russian techno type. It's probably the it's same. probably the but same, yeah. but like I've seen at least one video of some dude who's just like going crazy, and it's it's mm-hmm. it's it's hilarious. It's awesome. I'm a big I'm a big electronic music fan, anyways. So German techno, I've heard of it before. Yeah, I totally recommend it to everyone listening. What's it like growing up with? Uh, you have five younger siblings, and four of them are quadruplets. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah, mm-hmm. big old big crazy family. It's been it's been crazy all from the beginning. I've always been pretty protective. I remember my grandparents used to live down in St. Clair, Michigan on the St. Clair River. And they lived right on this big highway. And we'd always go walk along the road down to a park. And every time it would freak me out so much because the kids, they were like young, like maybe six. And they'd be walking right next to the road with all the cars. And I just... I don't know, start freaking out and try to keep them all away. And yeah, so I've always tried to be protective of them, keep them in line and stuff. But yeah. does, does that translate into your, your sports accomplishments or whatever, with, with being a, a leader and having to be someone to look up to? Yeah, I feel since I've had to deal with all these guys, I can put up with a lot of stuff. And also, it kind of shows me that. Like, stuff when you're trying to be a leader, stuff that works, stuff that doesn't. Like, just sitting there yelling at them. It's, they're not going to take you. You got to be kind of helpful and, like, work them through the stuff they need help with. So, I know this probably isn't that interesting for all of our listeners, but how in God's name do you celebrate quadruplets' birthdays? You know, it's actually not that bad because they all kind of have the same friends. So, they just invite all their friends over. And we have a big sleepover in the basement usually. They just throw all the blankets and pillows we own on the ground and tell kids to go to sleep after they shovel a cake and ice cream and have them run around the yard and get all tired. I just feel like that's four times of anything is so much. Yeah. You're, you're going to be making your third trip down to the state finals as an individual. Um, but as a team, you guys have a kind of a unique spot here. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Marquette did not make it as a team this year. Which, they have won the last, like, eight, I think it is, Division One skiing team titles. What is it like now for you guys, not only going in 
beating them in that regional. So, you know, possibly being the best team, you know, in Division One going in, maybe being the favorite, looking at some people. But without with no Marquette, that means that there's going to be a new state champ this year. What have you guys talked about in that kind of realm? You know, we're all very excited about it. It's it's an opportunity. Like, they've had – they've just been dominant the past however many years. And now this opportunity has arisen, and we're really going to try to capitalize on it. We've – yeah, I've been working on scheme like a team, everything, just team, 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 you know, keep it together, focus, and I really think it's coming together nice. I'm really looking forward to the state meet in like a week or two, but yeah. And I'm pretty sure it would be the, the first state title in Alpine skiing for Traverse City West, wouldn't it be? I'm pretty sure, yeah. So you, you first started skiing when you were like nine, that, which is kind of old for a competitive skier to start, right? Yeah, I got introduced to skiing pretty late. I remember my neighbors would always just ski around in their yard, and I thought it was pretty cool. So I told my parents, try that, start skiing. And we did. And some of our friends were in the Grand Traverse Ski Club, and they told us about how their kids go do these little races every Sunday, and it's a lot of fun and everything. And we were like, all right, yeah, we can try it out. And we did, and it was a lot of fun. We liked it. It stuck. Every one of our kids has been in the program since they're very young and racing and yeah great program a lot of fun with getting the late start how were you able to catch up and become one of the better skiers in the area i think one of the things that helped me was that i started so late so from the beginning i was at a disadvantage and i had to work harder to try to beat some of the better kids and get up into the rankings after starting so late so i've always had to work pretty hard for it since a since I came into the skiing scene, and I think that's helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. And snowboarding got you into skiing? Is that how it worked? I I never really actually snowboarded. We kind of just messed around in the yard with them, had a bunch of fun as, like, little kids, but never actually really, like, snowboarded. So I know there's not always the, I guess, the correlation, but are you just, like, an alpine skier, or do you get out on, like, the, the jumps courses, do a bunch of tricks, and kind of, like, get a little crazy with it as well? Oh, yeah. I love skiing the terrain park with my brothers. Me and my brother are really big on it. Yeah, he's actually pretty good, but we've been working. We kind of try to get out there as much as we can, but with the racing, it takes up so much time. But, yeah, we get out there every weekend. We love to go out to, like, Nubs and Boyne Mountain, the bigger places that have all the Bigger jumps, bigger rails, and yeah. We always ask who's got the best mountain, but who's got the best terrain park in northern Michigan? Terrain park. You know, it kind of depends on what you're looking for, but in my opinion, I like nubs a lot. Is that because you said they have bigger jumps? Yeah, well, I'm more of a rails guy, and their rail selection is perfect, but yeah. Okay, so this is is one that nobody ever thinks about, or at least until you're probably about my age and you start feeling it. How is a... skiing on your knees doing it so much do you have do you have any type of knee or leg problems or anything like that yeah i do my knees they they hurt a lot it's it's rough because we're always on them especially i don't think like train park skiing that definitely does not help with all the big jumps heavy impacts my ankles have been pretty fine but my knees i think that in the combination of like playing football and lacrosse and my other sports it is not kind on the knees. Man, I can only imagine. That that just seems like so much stress that you guys put on your bodies, just basically fighting gravity at 50 miles an hour. How fast, yeah. how fast do you think you actually get going on your skis sometime? Have you ever been, like, clocked with a speed gun? 
Well, not a speed gun, but out a few years ago when I was doing some racing out west, we did some downhill, which is the fastest of the events. And I put my phone in my speed suit. I had a little tracking app on my phone. And when I was going through the course, I said I was going like 64 or something. So, oh, my yeah. gosh. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. I asked I asked Elle this last week, but she said that, unfortunately, she really didn't have any. Do you have any stories of, like, big falls? I mean, if you're on the train park with big jumps, I'm sure you've had a couple of uh, crazy crashes. So, less on skis. There was one on a snowboard. I'll get that. But um, out west, I've been racing a few times, and... We're doing the speed events, the fast ones, and sometimes I lean in, get on my hip, and I slide. I did that twice in a speed race, right into the B-net. I didn't, like, get hurt. Nothing got injured or anything, but it's kind of embarrassing. (laughs) It's just that. And, yeah, no terrain park injuries besides major, like, bruises after falling on a jump or something, but... One time, third grade, I was snowboarding. We have we had this hill in our neighborhood. After the incident, we nicknamed it Death Hill. <laughs> but you start at the bottom. It's just a big hill, and I was going down it, and I saw these big snow banks, and I was like, "Ooh, that'd be fun to hit like a jump." So I decided to do that. I, was, I didn't realize how fast I was going to get going. Though I was going very fast. Shot off. My parents. I don't really remember it. My parents said I got as high as a house, and I landed on a road that had just been plowed off by the plow right onto the cement. So I shattered my wrist, snapped both the bones in my arm, and, like, got a crazy bad concussion. I can't remember anything from that day still. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Yeah, doctors said that if I wouldn't have been wearing a helmet, I probably would have died. So that's some scary stuff. Well, that's always wear a helmet. I was gonna say that's a that's a good PSA for anybody listening. Always wear a helmet when you're on the slopes. How often do people compare your last names in a movie, The Big Lebowski? Never. I've never had that happen to me. There's there's a soccer player who plays in the whatever the major soccer league is called. MLS. Yeah, MLS. Yeah, but there's a somebody with the last name Lewandowski who plays in there. And we get asked we're related to him a lot, but that's about it. Now, do you have a do you have a nickname? I do. All my friends call me Louie. Louie. Yeah. Okay. That's Robert Lewandowski. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Plays for Bayern Munich. Mm-hmm. Germany. German techno, German ancestry. I think you might be you might be slowly related to the guy. Yeah. Who knows? All right, and well, we really appreciate you taking some time with us today. Uh, good luck to you and the Titans, hopefully being able to seize the school's first uh, ski state title um, next week. Yeah, looking forward to it. Another huge thank you to Aiden for joining us here at the Get Around for episode 163. That interview is sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's freak, yeah. That's going to put us into our boys' basketball preview, our Chatter That Matters section. We did this last week with the girls' side, so we are balancing it out. We're doing it with the boys. We got a few teams from a couple of the conferences up here to chat about and let you know what their seasons are going to look like. So as always, we're probably going to sit here and start in our big conference, in the Big North Conference, I want to talk about Traverse City Central. Traverse City Central already took a loss to Escanaba on Saturday, but we know 
with the loss of Travis Shuba, we got a new coach. We got a new look. We, you know, we're 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 relying on new people. Carson Bordeaux, Carson Briggs, Josh Burnham, George Gokul, kind of the guys who are going to be looked at over there at Traverse City Central. What do we expect out of the Trojans this season, fellas? I'm not really sure what to expect out of the Trojans because George was bumped up to varsity last year, I believe. And when he played, it seemed like the game was out of reach. But when he, but it, he didn't play bad when he was on the court. He was getting those threes. He was the one. He seemed like the guy people were even were looking for. Even 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 guys like Pate Smith were throwing the ball to him and looking to him for a shot because they knew he could make it. He was number two scorer on a couple of occasions. So I think he's really going to be one of those hidden gems of the Big North Conference this year. I can clearly see him becoming just like his brother over the course of his high school career. But is he going to be that leader that Henry Henry and Peyton were last year? I'm not sure. We'll have to watch over the course of the season and see what happens with that. But you do have Josh Burnham, who whenever he plays any sport, pretty much is, just dominates him. He had a couple of insane dunks last year. Then I'm like, okay, go ahead, a sophomore. Carson Briggs, of course, at center. Another insane athlete. But I don't know. Like Central doesn't really have, outside of the Goldfield Brothers basketball-specific players this year, uh, whereas a lot of schools do other schools in the area do and that other teams in the area do where they have like one guy that basketball is their main sport. So we'll see. James, one of the teams that you saw last week and another Traverse City team that, you know, had a good test this past weekend, Traverse City St. Francis. They played River Rouge over the weekend, got a little thumped, but Sean Finnegan knew that was going to happen. He said it was great to have a Division One Class A school uh, come up to Traverse City St. Francis and get some competition in. But you saw them play last week. What did you see from the Gladiators? They've got a nice a nice blend of guys. I mean, we know we know how good Wyatt Nostatus is at, at point guard for them, and he's continued to to get better and uh, add some range to his shot, and all those kind of things. One thing is they have they have a good group of. I mean, they're not, they're not blessed with a huge amount of height, but they have a good group of three or four guys that are all six three, six four. They can rotate there in the middle, you know, with Joey and Casey Donahue and a couple other guys. So they at least have multiple bodies that you can throw it. At people now playing with a team with a six eight a seven foot guy that doesn't really matter too much right but that that game obviously is a, a game that's not going to be what they're going to run into in the in the lake michigan conference and probably even in the playoffs unless they get really really far i mean yeah if you talk about the competition that they're going to run into in the lake michigan conference it's going to be good competition and we kind of talked about this with the girls that we thought the Lake Michigan Conference was wide open after Charlevoix um, kind of took a step back this season. The boys, it kind of seems the same. I mean, Elk Rapids and Boyne City, I saw them play last week uh, in a Lake Michigan Conference matchup. Boyne City looked really, really good under Randy Calcaterra uh, to begin with. And then kind of the same thing like the game that you saw them in. Uh, they faced a little bit of adversity and had a little bit of trouble putting the Elks away. Uh, I, I haven't seen a team play with as much, you know grit and guts as Elk Rapids did in the fourth quarter of their game last week against Boyne City. I mean, there was bodies flying all over the place. But, you, you know, Elk Rapids with Preston Ball, Mason Travis, Jack Spencer, Spencer Ball, they're, they're always going to be a team that on any given night can beat any team in the Lake Michigan Conference. Uh, it just has to be their day. Yeah, I think the Lake Michigan is probably the, the deepest conference that we have, um, at least from what it looks like so far. You know, St. Francis looks like a quality team. You know, Charlevoix has uh, Evan Solomon and Jacob Mueller and, and a bunch of other pretty good players around them, too. 
East Jordan is very young, but has a lot of height and a lot of raw talent. And I think by the end of the season, they'll be a team that we're talking about a little bit more too, as those young guys get more playing time and mature more. You've got Boyne, Elk Rapids, you know, just a bunch of teams in that league that can beat anybody on any given night. I mean, like you said, any given night, any one of these teams can win. Uh, we, we both saw Boyden City last week. Aiden Brem is going to be the the leader of that team, kind of their senior anchor. But they got a bunch of dudes, you know, uh, Aaron, Bess, Jack Near, a couple of guys who just are starting to show up for them. And obviously, I mean, they had four guys in double digits in that game against Elk Rapids. Preston Ball, like I said, Mason Travis, those guys are going to do something for Elk Rapids. You're talking about four or five teams that we're looking at to possibly have the Lake Michigan Conference title this season. Yeah, it's, that's going to be a very interesting conference to see shake out. I mean, the Big North Conference is interesting. I think, uh, you know, T.C. West starting out 3-0, and I'm not sure, you know, that a lot of people outside of covering the Traverse City schools, um, you know, thought that T.C. West was going to be this good this year, but uh, they've got the two pairs of brothers and trying to Patrick O'Connor and then Brandon and Caleb Whipple, and uh, they've been pulling some games out early we talked about central earlier and then uh cadillac and petoskey are both pretty quality too yeah i know the only thing about cadillac that they're gonna miss is they're gonna miss tip baker tip baker was the was the the butter that went on the bread for them last year um so it'll be interesting to see how they kind of recover from losing him a couple i heard they had four dunks in their first game against petoskey Ooh, high flyers yeah now i the, the other another team that I don't think it's a surprise from anyone. Uh, this is a team that I think all of us are kind of going to be interested in seeing if they can make a deep run this year. Uh, after what happened last season, not even just last season, but the year before with Leland, um, you know, Leland fell in that regional final game against Frankfurt, or was it District? I think it was last a region. year. No, no, two years ago. When Frankfurt went to the state title. I think I it was. Think, I think that was Districts. Yeah. I think that was the District final. Uh Either way, fell on a buzzer beater from Frankfurt on Frankfurt's way down to Breslin. And then they have last year taken away from them. But you have a couple of guys on this Leland team who have been like four-year starters for the comments. Gavin Miller, who uh, we saw he went off for 30 po- 31 points, 11 rebounds last week against Misik. Uh And then you got J.J. Pop, who we know is just a, a baller in the middle, is a great facilitator. Um, those two co- combining on a Division Four team are going to be dangerous. Mm-hmm. And then they've got some other, you know, good pieces. And you know, like Ben Kiesel and Wyatt Sarine. Imagine if they had Gavin Royston. Oh my team, God! You know, yeah, that's that, ten kid in the middle. If only, if only. I know that they probably they probably wish the same. But I mean, that that that's been a thing of the past for a couple of years now. Um, that he, you know, he's been gone. But I'm excited to see where this Leland team can go. It seems that. You know, that, that Frankfurt team with Jack Stefanski, who knocked them off a couple of years ago, has kind of taken a step back. It seems like Jack's really the only guy there to, uh, you know, kind of help keep that thing going. And I'm not sure the, a one-man show will uh, be able to happen out of Frankfurt to kind of get them back to Breslin. But, you know, Jack is one of the better basketball players in the area. So, so yeah, him entering, his, so. him entering his senior year is going to be a very interesting one to watch. If we talk about a couple of other... Big time individuals, Jaden Alfred from Mancelona. Definitely need to keep an eye out for him. Who else you guys got? Conrad Cordy, St. Mary Boys, nearly had a triple double. Um, I almost had him as my Hall of Fame nominee this week, but we had some other 
20 ballers around the area that did just just as well. I mean, mm-hmm. the kid had eight blocks. And has anyone recall a game in Northern Michigan where a kid had eight blocks as of recently? Yeah, it doesn't happen too often. I mean, and, you know, he's a, just, he's like a 6'3", 6'4", kid, plays wide receiver, so he's got those ups. Teams just don't play that way here. You know, there's not really much defensive. You don't see dominant defensive games from him, like players, you know. Yeah, and who who else you got for uh, individuals, James? I would say you know Brock Broderick from Traverse City Christian. Um, you know the first week of the season, he's had a couple of nice games, and he's 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 bulked up a lot over the last couple of years too. He's obviously been hitting the weight room, gotten gotten bigger, more athletic, he's starting to knock down threes more, and uh, he's a pretty all around threat at that uh, in that Division Four level. I mean, he's about six three, six four maybe. I mean, he's getting close to Josh Burnham's size. He was good last year, too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's just started to fill out even more coming into this season. And, and he's got a pretty diverse game. He's not just a post guy who just sits down low and gets layups. He step back and hit threes. Yeah. He had a bunch of other three-point shooters around him, too. I was going to say, Elijah Maleko. That team loves to take threes. Yeah, I was going to say, Elijah Maleko alone, I think he had uh... – Seven, seven. He had seven. Yeah, seven three pointers the other night. That's a Steph Curry game right there. Seventeen first quarter points from him. But either way, uh, Trevor City Christian. Yeah, they started. They're off to a three and zero start as well. So that's definitely somebody to keep an eye out for. Sean Bramer from Christian's having just a good athletics season this year. I mean, their volleyball team made it, made a solid playoff run. Their soccer team, obviously co op with Saint, with Saint Francis was in a district game. So, mm-hmm. liking what I've seen out of the Sabres, man. Yeah. A couple other players that I've seen that have uh, that have been pretty good is Caleb Moore from Manton. Um, really good point guard. And uh, Kyle Kaznowski from Buckley. He's been putting up a lot of points so far this season. Yeah, I mean, we can kind of talk about that Buckley uh, team. I'm not, I, I know we, I think we mentioned on the podcast last week um, that, that Buckley obviously wasn't going to have a, a team this the girls wasn't gonna have a team this year that Shelby Cade made the move over to the boys team this past weekend on Saturday she actually led the boys team in points so she is out there contributing big time uh for the Buckley Bears we knew that we knew that she was a baller and we knew that she was going to mesh right in you know head coach yeah head coach Jared Millark said right off top that Kate Shelby Cade was you know meshing and was gonna mesh just fine obviously uh she led them with 11 points and a couple of three-pointers on Saturday when they did play and fall to Manton. Um, but, yeah, I mean, with Kyle Kazanowski, Shelby Cade, there's a couple of really good athletes down there on that Buckley team as well. Um, there's one uh, with Jackson, how do you say it, Kuliak? Klaviak. Klaviak, Jackson Klaviak, uh, also down there at Buckley, who has uh, been able to pour some points in. So, yeah, we, we definitely have a lot of teams and individuals to look out for this season in boys' basketball. I mean, six weeks or not, it's going to be an exciting six weeks for these teams and for us and for all of you guys. So make sure that you keep it locked for all of our coverage at record-eagle.com and make sure you pick up a subscription of the Record Eagle. We could all use a little bit of uh, help here. A little bit more subscribers, never hurt anybody, and uh, tell them to get around sent you. That, that segment is sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's spends six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30-second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's freak yeah. That puts us into the Hall of Fame, gentlemen. We have some really, really, really good candidates today. As the get-arounds policy, we have a couple people who are making it in uncontested. 
after winning state championships this past weekend. Ariel Jean and William Hapala from the Vasa Nordic Ski Team winning individual state championships and a state championship as a team, both getting into the Get Around Hall of Fame on their own. That's like a three-school co-op, right? Yeah, but that is St. Francis, West, and Central. But uh, Will, uh, William goes to Central, and Ariel Jean goes to West, so we got one from each one of those schools going in this weekend. So congratulations to you guys. But on top of that, we are actually going to do a vote because we are back in action with all of our other sports and had quite a few amazing performances last week. So, without any further ado, let's put up our three athletes. Gentlemen, how about this? James, I think Andrew went first last week. You go first this week. Who are you putting up? All right, I'm going to put up uh, Olivia Lowe from Leland. Uh, just a monster game against Misik and a 10-point win in that game. But uh, she had 26 points, 24 boards. <laughs> 24 boards. And eight, and eight steals. So, she came two steals away from a triple-double. That's more than just a triple-double right there. That's like... And she that's has like one of the... a LeBron game. No, that's more than a LeBron game. That's like a Wilt Chamberlain or like a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar oh, game. 26 oh. points, 24 rebounds. Wilt Chamberlain had 101 games. Yeah, but, but he had 26 points, 24 rebounds. I'm talking about... Wilt Chamberlain also holds the, the record for 62 rebounds in a game. Okay. So that's what I mean. Do <laughs> 24 rebounds? Are you serious? That's still pretty darn good. How, gonna... how many missed shots were there? <laughs> how many rebounds did, did she not get is what I want to Yeah, say. right? Like, there had to be only, like, seven other rebounds in the game. Yeah. And she has one of the cooler nicknames in the area. And then everybody in Leland calls her Olo. 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 But, hey, eight steals, that's another That's another big one that you were talking about, Um, you know, an eight-block performance. Eight steals. Like, oh, my gosh. Let's and, let's and let's twenty six points, which is more than everybody else on the team. <laughs> yeah, right. Show up and show and out. Almost as many as Misik. Oh, low. Yeah, Misik had thirty two in that game total. Yeah, Lordy, that's a that's a good performance. Andrew, who do you got? Sean Bramer, Lake Leona St. Mary, twenty eight points and seventeen rebounds in a win over Benzie. Yeah, no, we were talking about double doubles where someone puts up a lot of rebounds. I mean, seventeen is kind of close to twenty six, right? 17 is nothing to scoff at either. That's mm-hmm. not, besides besides yeah. Olivia Lowe's 24, that's the most rebounds I've seen by anybody this season. What's yeah. uh, what's uh, Leelanau, What's with County and rebounds, man? Like, yeah, I don't know. And that, and that came against a pretty solid. Uh, I mean, Benzie Central has started the season one and two, but they're a pretty solid one and two. I think. Uh, you know, they've they've got a, another team that's got some pretty decent players on there, and uh, they can, I think, make a difference in the Northwest Conference too. Like, there's something weird about, like, Lake Leelanau schools and defense. <laughs> now, one more person to put up. I am going to put up Traverse City Central hockey player Will Dawson after a couple of amazing performances, but especially the one on Saturday. Led Traverse City Central to a 5-2 to victory over Lowell. Had two goals and three assists. One of the goals was a shorthanded goal that, according to Chris Givens, um, near the boards, as the the goalie was trying to clear the puck out of the blue line, you know, he shot an elevated puck, and Will Dawson was, you know, skating back up ice and backhanded this puck out of the air at about knee height and uh, scored a shorthanded goal. Along with that, had three assists, so he was responsible or had a hand in every goal against Lowell on Saturday. But total, he has already scored four goals and has four assists in two games this season. So Will Dawson is on a tear to start off the year for Traverse City Central. Boys, let's put it up to a vote. 
I have to go ahead and I have to I have to vote for Olo. Twenty six and twenty four with eight steals is just outrageous. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. I'll I'll, I'll go with yeah. I'm going to go with Olivia Lowe as well. Um, I can definitely see all three of these kids getting into the Hall of Fame though eventually this season. And I'm going to be the third to make it unanimous here and go with the obvious Olivia Lowe. <laughs> twenty six points, twenty four rebounds, eight steals. If anything, this just makes it so we don't have to put Olivia up again this season because we know she's going to have some more amazing performances. Congratulations. I mean, she was almost our player of the year last year for a reason. I think she's undeniably up in the running for this year as well. Uh, Definitely. So congratulations to Leland's Olivia Lowe, the latest member into the Get Around Hall of Fame, the most exclusive club in northern Michigan. The Hall of Fame sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's is freaks about fresh bread, meat, and veggies because that means better sandwiches for all. Freaky fresh, freaky fast. Jimmy John's freak, yeah. And as we close out the Hall of Fame, that is going to do it for episode 163. There is no trifecta today because we had a lot to talk about and we don't want to talk your ears off too much. As always, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Jake Adnip, at JamesCook14, at ByAndrewR, and at TCRE Sports. Same thing on Instagram, at TCRE Sports, or on Facebook. Make sure you stay in tune so you can get all of the latest updates and scores. Coaches, if you're listening, don't forget to call in your stats and scores at 933-1410 or email them to resports at record-eagle.com the night of your competitions. We are getting back in the swing of things, and we appreciate not having to track everybody down. Thank you so much for listening to episode 163 of The Get Around. We will see you next week. <laughs>